start the show. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to License to Talk. So, Mark, today, episode five, our guest is John Kennedy Kane, Cirque Kane. He's been a clown, a fire eater, and he is the ringmaster. Welcome to License to Talk, Cirque. It is great to be here. What a career high for me. <laughs> I thought it was something when I was in the sideshow tent eating fire, but this might be right up there, guys. So today is very interesting because it's not every day that you meet somebody that is in the circus. Everybody says, well, I'm going to run away and join the circus. Our guest has ran away and joined the circus, and it's a fascinating story. Tell us how that starts, sir. Tell us how that gets going. Do you know what? Uh, when I was a kid, there were circuses all over the place. And so it was on TV. There were cartoons. They would come to town all the time. So it was unusual that you would hear a little kid say, I want to join the circus. You right. know? And so I was that kid. Uh, I was eight years old, and uh, my dad took me to Melody Fair, which was an outdoor... Um, In the round. Yes, and it was a, a tent, and you would see things like Don Rickles and those Tony Orlando, those kind of entertainers. Yeah. I remember seeing Peggy Fleming. She had an ice <laughs> show there in the round. Blackstone, who was a famous magician. Mm. I love seeing him in the round, try to figure out the magic. And uh, But I went to a circus when I was eight years old, and I remember the elephant coming right by us to go down to the little center stage, if you knew uh, Melody Fair at the mm. time. And my... Family said that right after that, I said, oh, I'm going to join the circus. And I said, I'm going to be the ringmaster because uh, I've always had this voice since I was an infant. Right. This deep voice. And uh, so everybody thinks it's a phase. But I, uh, my grandmother would tell my parents, it's not a phase. You know, do not let him go and all that kind of stuff. And I just kept talking about it. And uh, when I was a kid... Um, even though I had the name John Kennedy Kane, beautiful name, a real name, uh, dad's uh, lifelong uh, politician and Democrat, devout right. Catholic, mm -hmm. you know, and then they had this kid that wanted to join the circus. So um, my brother Jim would call me Circus Man, and then uh, pretty soon he shortened it to Cirque. And as I uh, say in my one-man show, when people say, what do they call you? The family said, it's Cirque without us because <laughs> we have nothing to do with it so it's spelled c-i-r-c and i've had that name since i was eight years old so uh when you talk about joining the circus and even in high school when you graduate you better join the circus because everybody's sick of hearing about it you know wow. and so i had to figure out how i was going to do this um and uh, there was, at the time, a big circus, Ringling Brothers Barnum Bailey. Maybe some of your listeners heard oh, of it. Absolutely. It's long gone now. But um, the, uh, they had a thing, Clown College. And it was a real, legit uh, school for clowns. And, right. Yep. And so when you would buy the program, when the circus would come to the old Buffalo Memorial Auditorium, they would have an application inside to be a showgirl or a clown. Because that's the American kids. They would use young kids to do this. So I never, ever wanted to be a clown, never in my life, nope, but I thought maybe this is a way to get my foot you in gotta the door. you got to have it in, yeah. Yeah, get my foot in the door, foot with a big shoe on it. Uh, <laughs> by, by the way, Jim, don't step on my jokes, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm setting it up, ready with the punchline, and then we get the interruption. Oh, this is going to be a nice yeah. interview. Yeah, we said nobody was going to be safe here. No, yeah. no one is yeah, safe he, here. He's got crowds of people to make fun of usually, and now we put us in. And I wore this stupid hat. <laughs> you know, the thing was, uh, 
trying to be a performer when I was in high school, uh, and I was, you know, the fat kid in high school who was going to join the circus. You know, it wasn't bad enough. You're the fat kid in high school. Now you want to join the circus to call more attention to yourself. So I had this magic act, and I wanted to be a legitimate uh, magician, and pretty soon people are yelling things out to me, and and so I had to become this uh, caustic and handle the hecklers. And so the act became more comedy. And I think I still have that ability throughout my life, the quick wit. And uh, so, but that developed uh, probably as a defense mechanism in uh, high school. And with a big family probably too. Well, uh, yeah, you know, um, maybe they were all. Uh, I'm, I'm one of five. And yeah. I'm the youngest. So I'm, I'm one of six. I got my fair share of picking on. You know what? I'll, I will tell you this, though. My family, and you can imagine uh, dad, a politician, not knowing what to do with this kid who wanted to join the circus. But whatever you were into, they supported you. So dad really had to figure wow. out, like, how are we going to help him get into the circus? And the hope was that he would get out of his system and he'd be back in time for college, you know. Um, and Graham was the only one who really knew I was uh, serious about it. So uh, so I applied to Klon College and, of course, did not get accepted. And that's what my father, his famous uh, joke would be. It was bad enough to have a son who applied to Klon College. <laughs> now he'd have to tell people his son did not get accepted into Klon College. What did you, wh- how do you get accepted? Do you have an audition? Absolutely. Oh, and okay. it was at uh, Madison so just, Square Garden. No way. You just don't yeah. pay. You, you have to be accepted. Right. Absolutely. And at the time... Like they would get 3,000 applications and they would take 50 uh, kids, you know. So wow. it was it was harder to get into the medical school. So I didn't feel bad when I wasn't accepted. But uh, God love my dad. He took me to New York City. We flew down there. Wow. And we auditioned at Madison Square Garden. And it, I was one of hundreds. That's and so there was, cool. It, there was all media. And I soon realized, look, at this is just a publicity stunt, you know that are they really watching what we're doing and stuff and so i said dad let's get out of here and he said oh no and when they said anybody else want to show us stuff my father was like over here and made me your act at the time it was pretty pathetic as a matter of fact (laughs) i had and don't ask me why but i had a wig with pigtails and when i would do a magic trick the pigtails would go up like amazing you know and wor channel nine uh tv interviewed me down there and they said do you think you're funny and the pigtails went up <gasps> yes i do <laughs> and so That's uh great. And, and, and it's a true story that i went there instead of my senior prom uh, for timing i went to audition I go to my senior prom. wow uh i had a legitimate reason I fa- yeah yeah okay come on <laughs> you just couldn't get a date yeah, yeah just, right, right. <laughs> I wasn't popular, yeah so, right you know. i couldn't I get a date so i came up with this clown college idea you know <laughs> so that's how that's how much I so was 17, 18 years old. Yes. And audition. And I got uh, media coverage here in Buffalo. We used to get that station, WOR9. Yeah, yeah. So all my buddies saw me on TV. Oh my God, you're going to make it. You're, you know. Right. Yeah, thank God. There's no I didn't internet go or the... anything then. I mean, that's 247 WORWPIX. So yeah. I thought the career is just taken off. But I should have known because one of the uh, things on the application, and this is absolutely true, send us a picture of yourself in a bathing suit. Really? Yes. And I thought, hmm, that's different. Oh, you wonder why now? <laughs> but because Ringling had such big production numbers, they would have this wardrobe made. And oh, if you were okay. replacing a clown from the year before, could you fit in the wardrobe? And of course, I could not. But I thought I was so funny. I had the picture taken. I had a beach ball in front of me, smiling like I'm at the beach. So, oh, they got to love this. And yeah, clowns course, aren't like linebackers. You don't need to be a cut 6'2. 
great-looking guy. Well, but, you know. when I went to another circus, that's what they sh- told me is that it's not cookie-cutter. You all have to look different. Yeah. Short people, tall people, sure. fat people, skinny people, all that kind of stuff. That's what a clown alley really is. But again, never wanted to be a clown. Never wanted to be a clown. Nope. So I got rejected by Clown College, but I was still in, at Timon. Um, my senior year, and I worked at Pierce Arrow, which was a discotheque to yeah. show my age. Legendary. Uh, yes. Kinger, had, Kinger has connection with the Pierce Arrow, so this is all making a wow. connection here. Mark. Ladies' night uh, on Wednesday nights where you got a uh, – the glass looked like a little flower plant pot, mm-hmm. and I got potted at the uh, Pierce Arrow. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> So these girls would be all drunked up and all this kind of stuff. But there was a waitress in there, very attractive, and she says, uh, why do they call you Cirque? And um, and I said, well, I like the circus. And I'm telling your listeners, it is not a good pickup line. <laughs> it never worked, even when they were potted yeah. at yeah. Wednesday night. No. <laughs> so um, this girl, this waitress, uh, and I told her I like the circus, and she said, so does my father. And it's like hearing somebody else has the same like disease. Yeah. Like, I never heard of this. Oh, yeah. And uh, her father was an undertaker up in Niagara Falls. And uh, Rooney, Jim Rooney, his name was, he's since passed away. And um, but he is the reason I joined the circus. Uh, I thank him. My family blames him. But (laughs) um, the he knew where all the shows were. He knew people on the shows. He had the routes. And so. Three days after graduating from Timon, I was headed to Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Viewmont Mall, to join the Clyde Beatty Cole Brothers Circus, the world's largest circus under the big top, also defunct, long gone. <laughs> but um, And they were expecting me, and my uh, sister and my dad drove me down there. And um, when I got there, I had my magic act from high school. Boy, I'll be center ring attraction. Pick a card. No, don't show me. That kind of thing. And, of course, they said, check over by the sideshow. So if your listeners know what a sideshow is, it's the freak show. Oh, yeah. And uh, the freak show at the times were uh, snake handlers and uh, people covered in tattoos and piercings. They're not around anymore because these people are walking around free now. Yeah. You know, right. You can see this anywhere, you know. Yeah. Out at the fair, the guy with the snake around his neck, and he's not he's part of a show. Yeah. Eating popcorn. Not to be confused with the guy with the macaw on his shoulder. Yeah, he, there's always so, Oh, guy. and the, yeah. So anyway, uh, these kind of folks. So they sent me over to the sideshow, and I told everyone I'm joining the circus. You're, you're called Cirque since you're eight years old. And they said, uh, look, we don't need a magician. We need a fire eater. And I'm thinking, five-hour ride down here with my dad from Buffalo to Scranton? I can't go home. Did you ever eat fire before? Never. <laughs> what, what do you think? Well, we are from South Buffalo. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Done a lot of crazy things, but n- never that. And they said, if you're willing to eat fire. And so as I'm unloading the magic, and um, within a week, I fed my rabbit to the snake. Uh, true story, because... <laughs> Yeah, you're living Times your dream. Yeah. Your hey, dream. please, living your uh, dream. Kept the doves alive because I knew I could work them into my fire act, <laughs> you know. But uh, and that's what the guy said. If you're willing to eat fire, you can be the magician, and we'll do all that. So um, my sister, though uh, Bonnie, sensed that. What's wrong? I'll tell you later. You know, and, and that night I'm in a bunk with God knows what, who I'm living with and what have I done? And, and the next day I have to learn to eat fire. And I uh, siphon the gas out of the uh, circus truck. It's unleaded. I'm no fool, you know. And I, 
you try to put it towards your mouth and you're like, no way, I can't do it. Wow. But one of the clowns said, oh, I know how to eat fire. I'll teach you and stuff. And so um, a week later, I was Kanan, the human volcano, the man who eats and breathes fire, shoots fire from his mouth and nostrils. You do anything to live your dream out, though, right? Absolutely. That's what it was. And uh, I can't even tell you what I got paid to be a fire eater. But um, I did it for a year, and I worked with some of the greats, uh, a Big Jim. Uh, he was the heaviest walking man at the time. Uh, he was about 850. And uh, Big Jim was a stage name. He didn't want to be recognized off stage. So his real name was Harold. And, of course. Uh, yeah. And he was married to the albino sword swallower, Miss Sandra. I don't need to tell you this was the early 80s. You can't make a living just swallowing swords or being an albino. So she was both. Both. <laughs> and they had a little kid, a little uh, fat albino kid. But I thought to myself, boy, the uh, the fat man's getting laid. I might like this show, you know. So, and um, and that's what uh, the truth was that uh, <laughs> people thought I was his son. So they said, uh, you know, it's a fat family. One of them eats fire. Come on in, all alive inside. So it was a tough year, but uh, would trade it for anything. Loved it. And then the act was so bad that it was funny, and right. that boss clown said, son, you're in the wrong tent. You should be in the main show. But I didn't want to be a clown. Well, that boss clown that year became the ringmaster because the ringmaster uh, of the Clybeauty Circus had a heart attack. Okay. So I thought to myself, wait a minute. I will become a clown, wait for this ringmaster to die, and then get and the then job. The yeah. yeah. So in that ringmaster, his name was Jimmy James. I think his stage name, Jimmy James. And he was the ringmaster for 30 years, so I didn't hang around too long. Uh, I realized uh, I became um, uh, a pretty good clown. And so uh, and here we go with the names, uh, Cirque, Eggroll. I was Eggroll the Clown. I was going to say Cirque Canaan, the right. fire eater. That's your first character yeah. of a clown. Right. So I didn't go to clown school, and the other clowns knew that. And I think they teased me. And what's your clown name? Oh, I don't have. Oh, you need a clown name. Well. Can you imagine getting mocked by clowns? But I was, you know, <laughs> that they're all in on this. Hey, we'll make them get a clown name because real clowns like Emma Kelly, right. that's their real name. Pros, yeah, they go by their name. Their, their name. Yeah, absolutely. Red Skelton, et cetera. Yeah. So, uh, so I think about this clown name. Oh, I need a clown name. And, uh, and every day they check with me. Have you come up with one? Not yet. But I did um, a walk around. And a walk around is where you walk around the three rings and it's a visual because they're changing the rings, either taking down the trapeze or taking down the tiger cage. And there are these little eight clowns come by with a visual. And uh, uh, the people see like eight little skits real fast walking in front of them, a walk around. All right. So I was a Chinese laundry at the time. Kelgon, a commercial was on TV. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? So I had, uh, I was dressed Asian. Now it would be so politically incorrect. <laughs> and uh, I had a pigtail that went straight out, and clothes were hanging on the pigtail. So the kids would laugh at the bra or the underwear hanging back there. And other people would get, he's a Chinese laundry. Yeah. Hilarious. Little Tiki Nawashi. <laughs> yes. So as I waddled by, oh, you know, the ringmaster would say to me, oh, Mr. Egg Fu Young, oh, Mr. Asshole. I think that's what he said. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Eggroll. Okay, so now I'm in the cookhouse, and the cookhouse is just like you imagine, like on MASH. You had your silver tray, and you go along, and they oh put this. Oh, my God, I could only imagine. Oh, and you're sitting with all the roustabouts and all the other performers, <laughs> and all, you know, it was 
part of growing up on the circus. Are there so, politics back there? In, in, absolutely. Like, is oh. there, like, who's running the show? The ringmaster, the big mama, the big, you know, like well, the wolf uh, boy? <laughs> you definitely wanted to get to know the cook there, you know, get oh, the real yeah. milk instead of the powdered mm-hmm. milk and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But everything was done on tips, you know. You wanted your shower filled, your water uh, container, but you made sure you tipped the water guy. You wanted your props in the ring properly, you tipped the, you know, so it's all based on tips. So um, what happened was, though, uh, a working guy uh, sat down next to me, uh, probably bitching about how easy the clowns have it, and he worked so hard and all that. But he said, that was funny when the ringmaster called you egg roll. And I thought, (laughs) I said, man, if this guy remembers egg roll, the kids will remember egg roll. So then I walked around the show. Uh, I'd like to be called egg roll from now on. And they're just like, you got it. You got uh, it. Yeah, The joke was on you. (laughs) To this day. I am called egg roll in the circus business. I just did the Erie County Fair, and my family came to visit me. And to get the box seats, I told them, you can't tell them you're Cirque's family. It will mean nothing. <laughs> when you go in and you see the ladies say you are egg roll's family, and they wow. got prime seats. So I've had this egg roll name to this day in the business, even when I was on Big Apple Circus, great shows and mm-hmm. all that, still called egg roll. So one uh, uh, show owner insisted that I demand respect and, uh, you know, they can't be calling you your clown name, you know. So I made everyone call me Mr. Roll instead of <laughs> instead of Egg Roll. So I, I never took it serious, all that kind of stuff, but um, I used uh, the clowning to get to the next step. The problem was I was a pretty good clown because uh, even without the schooling, uh, you're kind of like a natural. It comes from your heart or not. You look natural falling down as opposed to learning how to fall down right. or whatever. So, and, I, and I've always felt whatever characters I played, um, it's me. It's just a different costume. Salami right. bologna is a genie that I do for parties, magic shows. It's Cirque. Egg roll the clown, it's Cirque. And this candy cane, I, the world's largest elf, it's Cirque. You know, it's all the right. same. Well, Mark, you can see Cirque at the Knights of Columbus Comedy Night, Saturday, August 6th, 8 p.m. You can get the tickets right at the bar at the at the Knights, right? Yes, they go on sale uh, Tuesday the 4th, which is uh, day after Labor Day Monday. Mm-hmm. And I know the bar is open. And it's limited to like 120 tickets. And they're very confident uh, they'll go fast. They're going to go fast, Mark. My show is called, uh, we're calling it Comedy Night, but it's my uh, one-man show called My Life in the Basement. I've done it a lot around South Buffalo. And it really is just what we're talking about here, uh, stories about me growing up. And I had a miniature circus in my basement. I grew up on Pawnee Parkway, and um, my whole life, we lived at 25 Pawnee, and Dad said, we're moving. And we uh, said goodbye to all our friends and, uh, you know, got different schools and everything. And we moved to 27 Pawnee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> loaded up the car. Drove three, three inches, I don't know, and all of a sudden we're next door. But this house had a bigger basement, and the family gave me a room so that I could build my circus room. So if anybody knows the neighborhood, Pawnee Parkway, there's a park in front of us called Butler Park yep. with a spray pool. Great place to grow up. And behind us was Hillary Playground, although I had to go over the fence to get there. And I remember Dad had a ladder made, I'd love him, <laughs> uh, that would hook onto the fence. And so I could come out of the basement and play with the other children (laughs) they forced me to every so often come out he'd say to blow the stink off me so i had a park in front of me and a playground behind me and i spent my whole time in the basement yes and to this day you can wherever i am uh kids will come kids they're women now yeah but many girls come up i was in your basement 
And they said, and let me guess. I got you down there, and I whipped out my deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. To, uh, you know, and that was, it's so embarrassing now. They're like, I remember your show in the basement stuff. Because uh, it was my parents' idea that, okay, if you're down in the basement, maybe other kids want to see this, you know. Or so. so I would do shows in the basement, and they would see me dressed up, my family. <laughs> I'd be in costume <laughs> looking out the uh, living room window, and Dad would say, show today? Yeah. <laughs> and just waiting for the kids to ring the doorbell and take them down. And then when they didn't show, Dad would say, Show canceled? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Not canceled, postponed. You know, you know, so they, in this show, you, you, you chronologically go how, how you got yes, there. absolutely. So, so It's called My Life a, in the Basement yeah, okay. because of that. Uh, I really did spend my whole childhood in the basement and was with my toy circus. So no one in the family, the neighborhood, the schools, the nuns, nobody at Timon is surprised that I joined the circus. So this when, is you great. Left, when you left, when you left, when did you come back to Buffalo? Like, do you know what? I always came back home, and and circus people winter in Florida, mm-hmm. and so they never understood you winter in Buffalo. <laughs> well, if you're going to winter someplace, that's the place yeah. to do it. And that was the <laughs> thing. I'd come back from the circus my early years, and all my buddies were in college, so I visited them at Bonaventure, I visited them at Fredonia, and of course, I was their friend that was in the circus, right. and we would just have incredible weekends. And I, after a while, thought. You know, I think I'm missing this part of my life. So after about four years in uh, the circus, I did go to St. Bonaventure and uh, the world's oldest freshman. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. Another, yeah, another. yeah. And yeah. I still, uh, this roommate, my freshman roommate, to this day, we're great friends. Um, and he remembers, you know, his mother saying, are you the RA? No, I'm just a... World's... Yeah, you seem older. Oh, well, I, tr- uh, I didn't travel. I... Uh, I had a job to put myself through college, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so then, you know, of course, a week later, he said, Mom, you know what he did? <laughs> you know? And that's when the phones were up at the end of the hall, and I could hear him. He was with the carnival, and I'm yelling up there, it was the circus. Please, <laughs> that's dude. That's got to piss you off a little oh, bit. When they the think carny. you're the carny, please. Oh, but you know what I've learned? The carnies are the ones who made the money. Really? They always made more money. Never spent it on uh, dental work. But... <laughs> They made, we, uh, circus people, we entertain, we do shows. Carnies are out to make money. Yeah. So down in Florida, there's Sarasota, and we have a show folks club down there. And it's not as nice as the Carney Show Folks Club, which is in Gibsonton, Florida. Oh. They're the ones with the money, the Carnies. Wow. Know, so, yeah. Well, I mean, they don't, they don't spend their money on like, elaborate costumes. And how does that right. work? Like, when you went to New York, did somebody, like, outfit you with, like, a great costume? That was at Big Apple. But in my early career, I had yeah. the lady who made uh, wedding dresses up the street, a friend of my mom's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And so that's when, you know, she was like, oh, this is, would be good for a clown, you know. So I had the yarn wig. Uh-huh. And that's when I think the other clowns noticed I was the amateur and gave <laughs> yeah. me the egg roll name because I was so, you know, I remember the ringmaster saying, how much do you charge for birthday parties? Which is like an insult to a oh. circus clown. And I'm like, well, it depends. You want the balloon animals or the face painting? <laughs> you know, I'm answering their <laughs> yeah. questions, you know. And they're like, oh, amateur. So uh, that kind of thing. But uh, years later, when I finally got to a really good show, Big Apple Circus in New York, then it was costume fittings and, wow. you know, uh really treated like an artist you know a lot of times i uh uh bought or did my own stuff i used to sew the rhinestones on this stuff you know trying to be the the liberace of the circus world you know i don't know so early i mean in the 80s you're in the circus 
you running into anybody names like any famous people i know that you you've you did work with tiny tim tiny tim uh uh tiptoed through the tulips thing and you know uh, poor tiny he was on the down side of his his career a nice guy he was the greatest guy yeah and um you know he had the second most popular uh tonight show appearance when he got married to a miss vicky and uh the only thing that beat him out was Carson's uh, second-to-last show, not even Carson's last show, second-to-last show uh, that Carson did. So this Tiny Tim, if you watch the old tapes when he was the on, they didn't know what to make of him. Yeah. He was pale skin and he had the falsetto voice. And, oh, Mr. Car- Mr. Carson, oh, no. Cause, you know, tar- and, <laughs> yeah. and Carson's looking to the camera. Uh, do, you, do you have a wife, Tiny? Oh, no. You know, it would be all this kind of stuff. But uh, Tiny Tim... Uh, right after the circus, he went into wrestling. So uh, uh, that's where his career was on the downside. But no matter what city we played, he would know a song from that city, and he knew everything about music, who wrote the song, the lyrics, and all that kind of a stuff. A professional. Absolutely. So when he found out I was from Buffalo, used to play the Club 747 and the executive, and he'd tell me about all those days. And there was a time he was one of the highest paid acts in Vegas. Yeah. And now, God love him, he's traveling with the circus with me. It's funny how that works, though. And it? I sold uh, programs and coloring books to make some extra money, and we had a picture of Tiny Tim in there that he would autograph at intermission. So at intermission, Tiny would say, Mr. Eggroll, oh, can I go now? Just a few more, Tiny. <laughs> you know, and he probably got, you know, got in the hotel that night and said, what is my career? The clown is telling me that I could come or go. But uh, what was great about that were uh, kids would come to the front and, Tiny Tim, how small is he? How little is he? And I'm like, uh, no, he's not a midget. He's, he's probably the weirdest guy you'll ever see. But people would bring albums, uh, sit around the ring, and he was this cult figure. Yeah, and stuff. he really was. And I used to love, because we had a little three-piece band on this little circus, and he'd say to them every time when he'd go in, if the crowd's with me, I'll do tiptoe. Well, he had to. That was the well, deal. You know, you're right. So if they're with me, though, you know, yeah. and so oh, I do ain't nothing but a hound dog. And he'd get down on his back and feet in the air and barking. And then he couldn't get up and the showgirls would have to help him oh. get up and all this kind of stuff. So he had um, the show was called Alan C. Hill's Great American Circus. So Alan C. Hill was a, in our world, pretty good circus owner, famous. OK, so years later, we see tiny. And on the back of Tiny's coat, it said Alan C. Hill's Great American Circus, That he, this coat he had to wear with uh, outrageous balloons and clowns on it and everything. So years later, we see <laughs> Tiny in like a B-horror movie where he's got the hair hanging down and all this and the crazy makeup. And he murders somebody, hacks him to death with a, a knife. And when he turns around, you see on the back of his coat, Alan C. Hill's Great American Circus. <laughs> So, you know, so tiny. God love him. Oh, yeah. You know. But he loved the lottery. And I knew a lady who worked for the lottery. So he would call her each week. and uh, Same numbers? Yes. And t- to find out his numbers. And then also I worked for Dick Kane, uh, the uh, um, assemblyman. Right. And I worked in the office. And... Uh, the one uh, I got tiny on AM Buffalo with my connections, you know. Uh, he had a car accident on the way up from uh, Olean where the circus was appearing. So I remember uh, Tiny Tim from Tiptoe Through the Tulips was nearly pushing up daisies today. You know, <laughs> in the great Channel 7, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, 
when he was on AM Buffalo, the, the girls in the office didn't believe I knew Tiny Tim, so I had him call Dick Kane's office. So they just love that they're talking to Tiny Tim on the um uh, on the phone, but just a great character and he one really of those. Was. Who I knew our listeners should look into him because it, it, it's right. interesting people that right. you, you overlook. Like and he, he was showbiz. Yeah. I mean, all aspects, and he didn't care that he was with the circus now, you know. And every review he got was this poor man who was once the top a star. Lot of sympathy in the end, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't care. He was no. still performing. He was so. So I don't know. Maybe I should look into wrestling. I don't know. Or <laughs> when we'll uh, when you got out of Bonaventure, yes. So, like, w- was it good to have like the resume that you were already in a circus? Like, how do you p- go about like going and finding a place to work after yep. that? Like, wh- um, what's the process? Auditioning? I never really auditioned for uh, a circus. Um, after Bonaventure, first of all, the family's so disappointed that I went back <laughs> into the circus. You know, finally had a degree. But I was going to New York to be an actor. And uh, that was the game plan because I've never had a real nine-to-five in my life. Mm-hmm. And so even after graduate Bonas, now what do I do? Um, so, but all the work that I was getting in New York City was circus-related. So I could go out and do uh, a thing in um, a Central Park, uh, like a big uh, themed party where they needed a ringmaster mm-hmm. or something like that. And I could pay the rent on one, di- on one uh, job, you know. And so that was keeping me going. And I probably should have been auditioning uh, for acting roles because I did take acting yeah. lessons, you know. But did you represent yourself? I did. I didn't have an agent, no. Um, but, uh, oh, I remember the jobs, the kind of jobs I'd get. I was once the voice of the Phantom for, like, an IBM party. And I was, you didn't see me. It was just, dinner is served. <laughs> you know, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But I came up with this idea that the Phantom was running around. He'd appear up in the mirror and then over here and that. And finally, when we catch him on stage and the mask come off, it's the president of IBM. Oh, unbelievable. That's, yeah. you know. So I'd get paid for these, like, idea kind of things. So I worked for, you know, these different production companies. Some voiceover work, stuff like that. Uh, but I remember I was hired for a bar mitzvah and a little 13-year-old kid who uh, uh, the, uh, the dancers from uh, Madonna's uh, Truth, or, Truth or Dare The black video? and white? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, he had the actual dancers, this 13-year-old Jewish kid. And you. Yeah. No, but because of me in the red coat, I took the 13-year-old kid's coats. I was the doorman. <laughs> so I... Yes, uh, Miss So and So is here, and I'd have to announce these. Oh, yeah, gosh. and then they dance with the Truth or Dare uh, dancers. <laughs> wow! And then four hours later, I sat in a bedroom watching TV, and then I uh, would get their coats for the young <laughs> so people you're as they whatever you could take you're, without yeah, a doubt. You're, yeah. you're yeah. hustling, and this is the '80s. You're hustling yes. in the '80s, what '85, '86? And you're living yes. in New York right City. Around? Yes, right. And uh, took acting lessons and realized that, like the kids. This is going to tie to you because nobody drives in New York City. All these young right. actors, you know. A big city guys. So. Right. So in an acting class, they were like, you drive? Yeah. You could get like a role on taxi. You could uh, be a driver in this. You could do commercials because I could drive. You should put that on the resume. Really. You know. Wow. But that's how bad they wanted to be an actor. They moved to New York when they were 16, 17 years old. And so I was in this acting class and realized, they have this desire the way I did to be in the circus, to learn to eat flyer. That's how bad I want to be in the circus. And I realized I'm wasting not my time, their time, 
because I just did it because I didn't know what I want to do. And so uh, I did get a job with a circus and moved out of New York and uh, became a ringmaster. But while I was in New York, of course, uh, Louis Mustello. Uh, um, Sal Vitro from The Sopranos, Mark. The, yes. The gardener. The gardener, absolutely. Uh, I remember he was on The Tomorrow Show, which was uh, Tom Snyder. Tom Snyder. And he was being interviewed, and we thought, he has made it. That, yes. And it was. I mean, he had oh, yeah. Lennon on, Kiss. You know, yes. he, he, he had some oh, yeah. interviews then. He'd be after, uh, it wouldn't have been Letterman back then. Who would he follow? But he was like 1230 in the morning and, and just one-on-one interviews. And when Louis was interviewed by him, it was great because Louis talked about his dad being a bartender, him being a bartender. And I think it was even before he did the bartender show. Yeah. And, of course, I saw that show uh, here in Buffalo bartenders one man show where he talked about being a bartender and bartenders he knew and impersonated him and i and he was kind of my inspiration that that's great you just tell stories so but i louis got me into this acting class and to this day he says why didn't you pursue that because the acting teacher said and i remember her telling me this she said you know out of everybody in class you would get work because everybody else looks like a leading man they're all going to be up for the parts right you have a look nobody else you look has. like a ringmaster. Well, no. They, it was kind of different back then. They were like, <laughs> she says, again, you stepped on my joke. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> she says, you have a look that no one else has or wants because you're always going to be the best friend. You're gonna, you are going to get work. You're going to be the character actor. Don't give up on this acting because every other kid was this young, good-looking kid. Yeah. They're all up for the same roles. I was the old man in class, you know. Uh, and then I loved, uh, there was another uh, kid in class, and he was from Grand Island. And uh, he kept me alive in uh, New York because he was a painter. And we would uh, paint apartments. And uh, it was great because in New York, we would just have our sticks um, for the rollers and everything. And you would travel with the stick on the subway, and you would get to the apartment uh, townhouse, whatever, you know, big money things, and everything would be delivered. So, you know, all right. And so I remember one time they told me to scrape a door, you know, because uh, we were going to paint it and stuff. And I worked all day on it, really. The wrong side of the door I did. It was the <laughs> it was the other room. <laughs> it was the other side they were painting. So uh, I did last long there. But th- this kid, I, I got to talking to him, and do you really want to be an actor? And he said, no, no, but man, it's a great way to get girls. And I said, really? He said, oh my God, just tell them they're good. What a scene. Tell them, you know, and he would do, so he's instructed me like how to pick up these girls in class. Boy, that scene was so believable. I can't believe you're not working. I can't believe, you know, and, and I said, this is your scam? And he was from Grand Island, I, uh, a friend of Louis. We all were and that kind of stuff. But him and I had to do a scene together from Glengarry Glen Ross, which right. was a real tough salesman kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, David Lynch, Always right? Be was it? Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a scene that really took place in a diner, and he said, "Let's meet in a diner." We'll do oh, this. when it's raining, yeah, yeah, and we'll do the scene. And so the waitress is coming over, pour coffee, and we're screaming at each other and <laughs> crying, and you know, and all this. And I thought, "Wow, I am going to be an actor." And he's like, "Let's let's try to pick up the waitress." What? <laughs> Wait, we're working on our craft. Wait a here. minute. Wait a minute. Even this is a scam, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was uh, great. But I realized, all right, I'm. Uh, I, I probably really do want to be in the circus. So as disappointing as my family felt, I moved to U- to New York to join the circus again. Uh, so. Now you're in the circus. Following your dreams, still. You're still. It's, it, it's it, yeah. And uh, um, I, I wonder in my uh, you know uh, ancestry. 
did we have somebody in the circus? Was there somebody in the carnival? Like, because the family always wondered, where does this come from? Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. So I don't know. Always um, wanting to entertain. Yeah, right. And uh, there was a time where uh, I didn't have circus work, and I joined Disney on Ice. And um, I don't know if you know about my family, but we're all skaters. And, and you uh, can't skate, can you? I cannot. No. <laughs> But uh, uh, I joined Disney on Ice, and I sold programs, and I was excellent at it because it was just talking on a microphone, and I would know the product, and I'd know the characters, and all this kind of stuff. And I did that for five years and made more money doing that than I ever did as ringmaster. And uh, I mentioned that because uh, my nephew, Pat, uh, plays hockey. Um, really? Where do, yeah. Who does he play for? <laughs> uh, I think he's still with the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because I said, hey – this was when he was a kid. I said, if that, you know, hockey thing don't work out, they're looking for a horse's ass here on Disney on Ice, you know, which is a two-man costume. And all this yeah. So he always remembers, oh, thanks a lot, sir. Yeah, all yeah. That. And now I'm waiting for him to throw me a bone. You know? Yeah, where's the, where's the acting work? we, we got to uh, get something. Forget that. Doesn't he need someone to carry the bag? Yeah. Someone to say, uh, no more autographs. I could be that guy, the mean guy. Yeah, that, yeah. That, got the voice. He, he's got to go. He's got to go. Oh. Sorry. He's got to go. We're wrapping up here, folks. Yeah. But, you know, regarding Pat, the Blackhawks are owned by the Wirtz family. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when Pat first got drafted um, 11 years ago now, he goes in, meets Bill Wirtz, who has since passed away, but he was the owner of the Blackhawks, and he wanted to tell Pat and my family about their background, and it wasn't just hockey. They had a liquor business, and in mm-hmm. Chicago, like from Prohibition days, still a huge business for the uh, Blackhawk owners is the mm. liquor business, yeah. but they also owned a circus, uh, Cold Brother Circus, and um, Arthur Wirtz, who was uh, uh, Bill's uh, father, uh, a little cheap. No, Bill was cheap. Arthur. Arthur was okay. Arthur was in he, but to give you an idea, Arthur dated Sonia Henning, who was a famous ice skater and owned mm-hmm. a show called Holiday on Ice. She was a movie star in the 40s and stuff. But he dated her to get the ice show cheaper at the United Center. <laughs> it wasn't the United Center. It was the uh, Chicago Stadium. stadium yeah. So they're, they're very clever uh, businessmen. But uh, this Bill, when he was talking about his background and that they owned a circus, you know, uh, Pat was about to say, oh, my uncle's at the circus. And my brother, uh, Tiki, they call him, said, don't mention. No, don't know. <laughs> but it turns out that Bill's sister collected clowns. And could they get a picture of Uncle Cirque and his clown makeup? So, yeah, glad, oh, to help. yeah. glad to help out. I don't think I was part of the $85 million contract deal. But I think I, I, think I got it started. Yeah. You know, something like that. But uh, they're actually terrific to me when I do go out there to visit because they have. A, not a circus room it's called the Sonia Henning room and it's all their history of circus and ice shows and and so when you go in there there's this huge wall of all hockey stars and um you're over there in your glory well clowns. because every my buddies when I take them in there uh because it's also a bar in there um they're pointing out all the hockey players you know and uh, uh, Bobby Hall and all that. And I'm pointing out, that's Carl Walenda. That's Cubba Williams, you know, famous animal. Tra- and they're like, who are you? What is the deal it's like here? like the perfect you know? match. It like, really is. Have, like, Without a that. doubt. And the guy who runs the arena, you know, on the uh, first year that the Blackhawks won uh, the Stanley Cup, he convinced, eh, I don't know if it's the first year, but he convinced the circus that we're going to put – the floor right on the ice. We're not going to get rid of the ice and have new ice. So, uh, and he proved that the way he could do this floor, because the elephants move on the, uh, you know, the floor. Uh And so the circus won't have that. You got to take the ice out. And he swears that having the original ice 
is why the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. This poor guy that runs the building who still works there. Yeah. So anyway, when uh, Dollar Bill, that's what they called him, when he died, he passed away. Uh, He was booed at his eulogy or, you know, by the fans, you know. And uh, um, the one brother didn't want anything to do with hockey, his son. Mm -hmm. And then Rocky said, yeah, I'll do it. And so he got involved, and that's when things really changed. Uh, They drafted Pat and uh, Jonathan Taze and all that, and it really turned around. But, again, it's all tied in to me and the circus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's bring it all back home to there. So. You could you could see Cirque Sari October sixth at the Knights of Columbus and Sari October twenty seventh at St. Bernadette's. At Bernadette's. Yes, a Roman Catholic church. Going to have to clean up the show there. But you know, <laughs> any of the stories you're hearing today are not really in the one man show. Right. So I've been uh, clear to uh, or trying to tell some uh, different stuff there. But it is all about my life, and I, it's guaranteed laughs. I wanted it to be serious, have some serious elements. Uh, Louis had a great serious part of his show. Mm-hmm. And then um, when it came time to actually do it live, I went for the laughs. And and then that's what it has become. Is, um, just it's, it's not brain surgery. It's not going to change anybody's life. But they come out of it. It was a, an hour of laughs. And, uh, and, and people, I'm always surprised, they say to me, boy, I could really relate to that. And I'm like, really? <laughs> a story about joining the circus? And they said, no, it's really about family. And oh, there's great. always one in the family. You know, there's always one of you kind of a thing. And I didn't realize that. My niece went to see it, and she was, uh, wasn't was allowed to see it when she was younger. She was finally of age. And uh, she said to me, I said, what would you think? And she said, well, I could have done without a few of those stories. But um, <laughs> she said, but I really realize, Uncle Cirque, it's about family because it is a, a, a testament to my mom and dad who put up with this and the brothers and sisters. I talk about all of them. Not all of them. Uh, one will sue me. But um, <laughs> but the rest of the family is talked about in the one-man show. And I, I met a lady recently at a flea market on McKinley, and she's like, you're the one that does that show. And I said, yeah. She said, I saw it. I said, what would you think? It was funny, but I was so happy I'm not a member of your family. <laughs> you talk about everybody. I said, Nobody I'm going to talk about you now. You yeah, know, put, yeah, there, yeah, you there you go. So, so you're you're still hustling, and you're. How long are you in before you get to the Big Apple Circus? Big Apple Circus happened because of um, uh, there's a famous clown, Bello, and he's got his hair stick straight up. He's a daredevil. He was on America's Got Talent, and he was on Ringling and worked with Nick Walenda when Nick was a nobody. And so, uh, and we know Nick Walenda from Walking Niagara Falls. So this is how long this Bello's been around. So Bello was working for the Big Apple Circus, and before he was going there, I was announcing a shrine circus in Massachusetts, and Big Apple was playing in Boston. So they came to see Bello on our shrine circus. And the um, they said, uh, uh, the artistic director, you know, there's all these mm-hmm. titles with the Big Apple Circus. And uh, I was the ringmaster, and he said, that ringmaster is interesting. And... Uh, and then I said, well, what do I do? And they said, don't do anything. It's got to be their idea, you know. So they plan shows so far ahead. It's like a Broadway show, the Big Apple Circus. It has Broadway designers and lighting and costuming. It's orchestrations. They change it every year. It's a non-for-profit, so they had all this money and grants. It's like the best circus I was ever with. And they bring acts over for Europe. Here in America, we get families that do two and three acts. You see the same family throughout the show. At Big Apple, they do their one act that they're brought from Europe. So it was acts I never saw before, never announced before. So it was a big opportunity. So I had to wait and wait of, uh, it had to be their idea. Well, 
finally, I'm at a Big Apple show, and they haven't really mentioned anything to me, although they put me in a box seat, treat me nice. And the ringmaster was an ex-ringling master, and uh, he was singing, but he was doing like a Cirque du Soleil. Oh, you know, it was like, yeah. I didn't think it was necessary. But anyway, so this artistic director came over and said, do you sing? And I said, no, I don't, but either does the guy you have now. Yeah. And so he didn't find that very amusing. And uh, I said, okay, now I got to push the a- envelope. So I sent him a thank you note for the hospitality and sorry if I offended you about the um, uh, singing ringmaster. But where, where can you find a good ringmaster in America? And just a question mark. So he called me like a week later. Okay, we're interested. Uh, here's what we need to do. Blah, 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 blah. So it all happened because of Bellow. And then. A director who uh, was the associate director of uh, Jersey Boys. Uh, this guy's got real credits from Broadway. And um, he wanted to see other work that I have done. So I had videos of my magic act at Joey's birthday party. You know, <laughs> I mean, none of this is really going to help. But I had a real rough tape of my one-man show that I did at the Alleyway Theater down in Buffalo. Right. Uh, downtown. So I sent him that, and he loved it. He said, that's what we want. We want you wow. to just talk to the audience. So it was the one-man show, which I wrote because I had no circus work, right. you know, and then it got me back into the circus. And then he has since, we filmed a documentary that he still promised me is going to come out called uh, From Basement to Big Top. And it's great because we actually filmed, we found another circus fan that has a circus in their basement, and we filmed out in the basement uh, like I did when I was a kid. And then it, the final scene is at Big Apple when the curtain opens and I come out to uh, the cheering crowd, you know, and all that. Yeah. So it's a great documentary. I hope uh, it eventually will come out. But um, uh, so this guy was uh, great for me. And then they allowed me to do uh, my one-man show in New York um, at the Lincoln Center. Wow. We don't need to mention it was in the tent next to Lincoln Center. I'd like yeah. to say, hey, hey got the Lincoln Center. I played Lincoln Center, and Louis Mustello came that night. And, in fact, uh, most of uh, South Buffalo people that live in New York, we got to come to that show that night. And it was nine degrees outside. Oh. And uh, Louis said, you talk about uh, how you were so into it because that tent was blowing. He said, I thought, sure, this tent's coming down. <laughs> and you never let up. There's sirens in the background. And, and New York, you know, uh, not gunshots, not that bad. But I just stayed with the play. So he said, you know, great concentration on that. And um, and then uh, buddies of mine from South Buffalo came down. Uh, their car broke down in um, Lincoln Tunnel. So on the way down, they're like, this is going to be great seeing Cirque in New York. And then when they're stuck in the tunnel, God damn circuit and stupid shows, you know. It's, you know, so, uh, but that gives you more material. All that uh, when you experiences when you find out you're going to be the ringmaster. Yes. Who do you call? Who's the first call? Do you know what? It, it hmm, boy. Who did I call? I definitely called people that knew Big Apple Circus because yeah. in the industry, you know, there was a ringmaster very famous down in Florida. And uh, I called his family because he was like on the original Big Apple Circus when it opened uh, uh, 40 years ago, you know. And so they said, uh, he said, can you believe Egg Roll the Clown is the ringmaster of the Big Apple Circus? So I said, oh, that's, you know, really nice. But another buddy said, well, he said it more like, can you believe 
Agro the clown is the ringmaster of the Big Apple. Like, what is Big Apple yeah. thinking of? Yeah. But I thought it was this great honor that he thought I was jealous. They're oh, all yeah. jealous, oh, you know. Yeah. His family could have done it. He could have still done it and all this kind of stuff. But people in the industry that called me up to say congratulations and didn't need tickets, just calling call to say, wow, that a good guy made it, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, and it was a fluke, I'm telling you, because uh, I never in my life – uh, when I go to see Ringling Brothers, mm-hmm. I watch it. The kids are 20 years old that are the ringmaster. They're skinny. They're great <laughs> singers. They're Broadway stars. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I never said, oh, I could be the ringmaster. This Never, never thought about it. Same with Big Apple. The guy who started it was the ringmaster for 30-some years. And uh, so I never thought, oh, here's an opportunity. But it's just, I don't know, right place at the right time. I mean, and you're then your old self. Yeah. yeah that's, that's and then, a- and, you know, and that was the great thing. They... They had to teach me not to be a ringmaster because uh, the Big Apple Circus is um, 1,500 seats, but no seat is further than 50 feet away, and it's one ring, and the people literally sit around the ring. When the horses go by, dirt goes into the front laps of the – they're that close. Mm -hmm. So they had to teach me not to be the bellowing children of all ages. They taught me that the people are just in my living room and welcome, welcome to my house. They're like guests in your house. Mm -hmm. So I had to – detox for being ringmaster (laughs) and that's where they said the one-man show just like you're doing your one-man show just talk to the people talk to the audience and what helped was great sound system Mm -hmm. similar to our setup here today (laughs) i mean state of the art you know just anything i needed so no matter where i was in the tent i just had this little wireless attached to my cheek and they heard me everywhere so i didn't have to bellow and all that kind of stuff and a live orchestra eight-piece orchestra you're a professional now. That, that, this is it, like- it really felt that way where motivation and, uh, I Absolutely. mean, some of the things, uh, I remember one guy, uh, one director one year, um, can you say that without smiling? And I said, well, uh, I spend an awful lot on this smile. Yeah. You know, I, okay. He says, oh, my God, it's so, your eyes are so expressive, what you say without smiling. I said, really? What are they saying right now? Because it's the top of the show, and I'm going to welcome everybody with this serious look on my face. So sometimes the directors were like, had a direct for the sake of directing. And we had a a famous illusionist designer. Uh, He did all the big shows for Copperfield and and Chris Angel. He designs illusions. So he was hired as the consultant. And I was doing my little comedy magic in it. And he says, how about this? How about this? And I said, really? You really think you can improve on this? And he says, "I got, I got to earn my, my money here." Yeah, you know? work with me. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So it was fun to uh, uh, have that kind of thing, uh, because a famous, um, oh Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. who is an actor, uh, came to the show, and he's a magician. He was actually a member of the Magic Castle and was president. So he knows all about magic. So he came back and g- gave me some pointers. And I said, really, Barney? You know, <laughs> do, I, do I tell you how to act there, straight? I mean, come all right, on. Doogie, settle down. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So, uh, but that was the other thing with Big Apple that I can name drop for you. Uh, because celebrities bring their kids. Well, everybody wants to be in a circus. Uh, well, not so much that. <laughs> they want to they bring their kids. Before I got there, um, Tom Cruise uh, married at the time to... Katie Holmes? Yes, they came with Little Surrey, but they didn't just come to the show. They brought uh, Beckham. um, Oh, and Posh. Yes, Spice, the four of them. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that was quite a a security nightmare. (laughs) Britney Spears, when she returned with her circus album, 
Um, oh, okay. She debuted at Big Apple Circus on uh, Good Morning America, like six in the morning, some crazy thing. She's probably so, still out. <laughs> you know what? But she hired Big Apple Act, so it was a big coup for right. us when they, she went on tour with her circus tour. So there were all these celebrity sightings. So I get there, and uh, early on, and I, I'm ready for the celebrities. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yes. I said, really? I, this, yes. This is That's what I'm great. getting. You know, Gilbert Godfrey. And but, they say he's like the cheapest guy and he steals like all the stuff you give him, like the fruit baskets. <laughs> he, he lines his suitcase with it. There's a great uh, documentary. Okay. I, I don't know about that. Oh. Uh, but I said, well, okay, here's the celebrity. But then um, Jim Gaffigan, who was oh, terrific. Yeah. Uh, five kids. Got ringmaster coats for all of them. Him made the wife come out too. They were all, and he raffled off tickets to his uh, Madison Square Garden show to raise money for Big Apple. That's we're a non for profit and we do a lot of great things. Um, uh, clown care, which is clowns in hospitals. The Big Apple had a wonderful, not only its performance, what it would do in the communities. And uh, so he was a great one. Phil Collins uh, came backstage. And uh, as I was uh, telling you guys earlier, Big Apple taught me you're as big a star as they are. So just act like they're the same as you, but really pay attention to their kids. Yeah, because, so, I mean, that's what the circus is. is right. And they, they, and you can imagine the kid, oh, here we go with Dad again, getting all I, the attention. Oh, yeah. Am I yeah. wrong by saying this? Is But when you go to a circus, everybody is a kid again. Very is much so. Do you know yeah. what uh, the reason circuses aren't around anymore? Because kids don't ask to go to it. They're not on TV. Right. They don't see it. They're not video games. They're not this. The reason we even have audiences anymore is because grandparents and parents bring them because they remember the experience they had going to see a circus when they were younger. Yeah. And that's who brings kids. There is no kid. I do magic shows to this day where I have circus tricks and I talk, and the kids don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Like, what is a circus? You I know? mean, when I was younger, you... You went to the auditorium to Absolutely. the, to the yeah. circus. Right, right, all of that. So uh, that's how you get an audience. And um, so I'm going to keep name dropping here that we, um, Vanessa Williams, who is now a lover of Buffalo. She has a Bonaventure connection, yep. but I met her at uh, Big Apple Circus. And uh, a great one was Robert De Niro because uh, he comes every year to the show. But this particular year, and I, I've been there four years, the fourth year I was there, he came backstage. Finally, we always knew he was in the audience, you know, and as a ringmaster, you'd never say, hey, folks, look who's in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that to them. They, they just want to enjoy the show. Uh, but he came backstage and I said, uh, Mr. De Niro, I understand that uh, uh, you're a fan of the circus. You know, I know you come all the time. He said, no, not really, but my kid likes it. I said, oh, That's nice. I hated your last movie. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, I'm of the last 17, I think. Really? Throw me a bone here, De Niro. You know, yeah, and that kind of no, thing. Like and then uh, Bruce Willis, um, uh, and I nearly complimented him on his gorgeous grandchild, and they're like, no, that's his daughter. Don't uh, start. <laughs> so they all got the second wives, you know. Uh, but Collins, Phil Collins, I get stuck with his kids. He's up playing drums with our band. You know, I want to oh, yeah. ask him about Susu Studio, and instead, <laughs> um, hi, kids, did you enjoy the show? But So you got a lot of that kind of uh, uh, stuff. Um, but it, it never ended with the uh, uh, celebrities. You never know who was in the crowd. And uh, so my sister was real good because I was telling you I am on a flip phone. Uh, so jealous. Oh, and this podcast, do you call it? I have no idea. Yeah, how I don't know I'm, how we're going to get it. We're how gonna am I going to listen to this I'll thing? I'll put it on CD for you. Okay. Do you know what those are? Uh, you know, I had a friend who would uh, do a magic act, and when he'd get to the bars where he would do it, 
he had eight track tapes and he would yeah. go up who plays the music and <laughs> and that was just his gag he'd give him the eight track tapes just for the, the reaction you know uh i understand you can do it on a little yeah. ipod now or something yeah, like you yeah they run the whole show on that so um uh, regarding social media. So I would call my sister and I'd say, who's in the crowd? And she'd look up on the computer. This is their kid's name. They were in this movie. They were in that movie. And then I could actually have their names by the time they got picked stage. Oh, so I was like the ultimate uh, showbiz guy who knew where these uh, people were from and what they did. Uh, Rich, uh, um, she was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Debbie Downer. Oh, uh, Retch, Retch, uh, uh, something. I know, I know uh, what you mean. Rant, rant, right. So the band at one point in the show, when I said something, went. Rant, rant. <laughs> Rachel, so when, Rachel, something. I thought it is. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, Debbie Downer. Dratch, Rachel Dratch. Very good. Yeah. And her husband's uh, famous or something, comedian also. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they came backstage, he thanked us for the shout out. It was just a little. The uh, band's like. Rant, rant. So the band would spot people. Because uh, they're up there watching the show before I ever would, and they would tell me so and so's there, and so and so's there. there. So. That's got to feel good to go from the wagons, yes, to to Big Apple Circus in Lincoln Center. I mean, that's phenomenal, what, With, oh. without a doubt. And uh, now that was a good pickup line because uh, they would say, um, you know, where do you live while you're in town? Oh, I live right near uh, Lincoln Center. They provide uh, it's like a studio apartment. It was a trailer parked next to. Metropolitan Opera. <laughs> Nobody needed to know that. So you know? that was your wagon? Yeah, right. But now it was a, the, the only trail. And I would tell my dad, Dad, I, I could touch uh, Metropolitan Opera. We're that close. Literally, I was that close. Wow. I could touch it, you know. <laughs> and uh, Metropolitan Opera, we would get tickets uh, to go see the opera, which would have uh, two intermissions. I thought the circus was tough to sit through some nights. <laughs> two intermissions. But the great thing was we would go out like we're smoking and we'd go to my trailer and drink the wine and beer and get back in time <laughs> with all the people in their fur coats and culture. So it was nice to... And that was the thing. At Lincoln Center, with the big fountain in front, the Metropolitan Opera was next to us, the New York City Philharmonic, the American Ballet, New York City Ballet. So Nutcracker would be going on. I saw Vanessa Williams and Showboat over here. And uh, My Fair Lady was playing right here. And uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. So much the cultural culture, yeah. right there. And then kids coming out with their balloons from Big Apple Circus, you know. Yeah. And then I would jump on a subway to try to make a Broadway show. And, you know, and people, weren't you the ringmaster? Oh. Please, I don't have time. I, I'm trying to make a show here. That is amazing. <laughs> you know, and, and, of course, I'm in my costume trying to be recognized yeah, in New York. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I have a buddy who uh, lives in town here, Jack Caldero, and his son um, was at uh, uh, lived in New York, and he said, oh, I saw Cirque on the bus the other day. And so Jack says to me, Cirque, you were on the bus? I said, I think he's talking about a billboard on the side of the bus. I don't. Ah. Yeah. I, ask him if he saw me on a taxi, too. You yeah. know, that, so that was like <laughs> great. You know, you'd see this stuff driving by. So I had a little touch with greatness. And the big thrill was for three years, I was in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade I, and then oh featured. God. Who could say? Yeah. yeah. You, the Clydesdales. You, you, yes. You got you on the right wagon and all center. of that. Yep. And, uh, the rules and the and the background checks that would go into that, and you'd have to get there so early in the morning, and you were uh, told do not talk to other celebrities, and you know this. So many rules ah. with this freaking parade, but you knew you were part of uh, something there. And they, um, you know, the t- troubled times we live in, they would. Um, all the manhole covers had to be welded shut, and yep. the security was unbelievable. 
I mentioned my uh, nephew Pat. I guess he was in some parades with millions of people watching. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. You know, big whoop. Yeah, right. Whatever. And uh, and you're going along there. And what people don't know about the, uh, you watch it on TV, NBC, and 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 when you're there in front of Macy's and waving, and uh, that's when the announcers are talking about you. You turn the corner. There's not a soul on the street. They just keep that. It's just a show. Dead. It's over. Yeah. It is over. And that's uh, where. You get off your float, you get back in your van, you go back over to the circus, show's over. You know, their reality of showbiz, it's all an illusion, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I knew in the cameras, I would say to the group, okay, here we go. And I was for that 30 seconds on. I never stopped moving because I said, if you're just waving, they ain't putting you on TV. You got to really. You got to sell a circus. When Absolutely. When you're in a circus, you're, you're, you're hustling. You Here's the thing. You people in the tent. Absolutely. Is the greatest show on earth really the greatest show on earth? Is wow. it the most death-defying? But through my voice and through silence, Soul. please, you know, to try to create the uh, moments of daring and all that kind of stuff. And then people, did he really mean to fall? You know, and that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of showbiz tricks. But, yeah, the ringmaster uh, can make or break a show without a doubt. I actually believe they're the personality of the show. You know, I've seen yeah. shows without ringmaster, and it's just one act after another. Yeah, like, you know, you, so. you need a host. That's you're it. You're the shows. host. Yeah. Morning shows? Yeah, you You've been on a. You're sure. on morning shows. Absolutely. We, we went and we uh, we looked on YouTube and we were watching all these morning shows. You poor guy, buddy. But that's early. what you have to do to get people in. The Absolutely, tent. and you got to be on. You know, speaking of needing a host, this show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's just an idea. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Well, you, you we're know. open. Okay, yeah. there we go. Um, you're the only guy with the college degree here. So <laughs> you're, you're in your control. And they never invite me back for career day. That's unbelievable. Telling the kids, how about a timing? Yeah, the, you know, the daycare center at McKinley could use right. a ringmaster. Yes, for right. sure. Join the circus. Um, actually, um, uh, the morning shows, and you got to feel for like our contortionist stuff who need an hour to warm up. I just throw the coat on, and my voice is even deeper in the morning, yeah. so I'm ready to go. So I can always, and especially like Erie County Fair and these other things I do. TV show started at 4.30 in the morning now, and I'm always amazed that people say to me, I saw you this morning. You're up that early? Maybe he, they're still up. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That could be. And and so I always take the early spot, and, and they're not expecting that much life that early in the morning. Um, so I recently, last year, did a Channel 4. I do this Christmas thing where I'm Candy Cane, the world's largest elf, again, the family is so proud. <laughs> so, uh, and at the end uh, of the broadcast, I was on the whole thing, 4.30 to 8, and I'm doing the, you know, the four. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know our symbol. And I'm like, no, I've been here four hours. <laughs> four hours? Are you kidding me? You know, and so they, they got a kick out of that. But um, they don't expect you to be so alive in the morning, and I'm a big believer don't take yourself too seriously. You know, right. it's a circus. You better have fun. I see many ringmasters with no videotaping, no smoking, no, no. Stop. Can we have a good time? You know, and um, I'd like to establish that I'm in charge, but that I'm at a circus and kids, let's have fun. And I don't take myself too serious, as maybe you have found out uh, this morning. I want to so, go find a circus. Uh, you I mean, know what? I, I'm really like want to go to a circus now. There are none left. See, I, I stayed. Talk about staying too long at the fair. But uh, they, uh, I outlasted all of them. Every show that I've talked about here, Ringling and Clyde Beatty, and, they're all gone. They're all gone. And, There's and very few that are still around, you know. And that's what I just did at uh, Erie County Fair. We put a show together to show the fair 
that people will still come to his circus. It we was set crowded, up, I heard. We set up a tent, and it's the same circus acts they've had all those years at the fair, but I wanted people to commit. Come into the tent, sit down. You had to line up to see the show. It wasn't just out in the open. Old and school. You, and you walk by, and, oh, that's nice. Let's go, kids. You had to come in, sit down, and you create a desire because we closed the gate. Sorry, folks, you'll have to come to the next oh, show. Oh, what's in there? Wow, yeah. Then people are wondering, yeah. what's in the tent? So it was all about that, and we put the Chinese acrobats in there, which is a show that's been at the fair for 12 years. So we had a built-in audience, people coming to see them. And then this circus that I put together, we actually had two different circuses because um, acts can't do four shows a day. Right. Chinese acrobats can. I can, but yeah. the other uh, performing dogs can't. Yeah. So. Uh, we created two shows, so if you like the circus, I would tell people to come back and see our different show. And you would see the high wire up there, and they'd wonder, hey, when does that happen? So uh, we played to about 50,000 people. We turned wow. people away. Wow. Now, when a million people come through the gate, maybe 50,000 well, doesn't still, sound yeah. like a lot. But I think it was a huge success. And, uh, and that um, keeps you want more and thinking of new ideas, different shows, things to add to the one-man show and things like that. It, it's also how can I make a living being home now. Yeah. Um, I am off the road. There's there's no traveling anymore. I used to be on the on the road for 30 weeks a year, and I would come home to the family, and I did live in the basement because I'd be only home a couple of weeks at right. a time. Now when I was home month after month, the family's like, okay, this is getting old, you know. <laughs> so I'm so proud to say I'm out of the basement. It's so good to see people's faces <laughs> instead of their feet. Great. Yeah, and uh, I live on uh, Ramona, right in the neighborhood. And with my age, it's perfect because Rite Aid and my pharmacy is right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting great pleasure out of mowing the lawn and, and weed whacking and uh, uh the bank. I love the line at the bank. It's <laughs> you know, <laughs> doesn't bother me at all. The long uh, line. Yeah. I talk to everybody and all this because that's stuff in my life that I've never really had. Uh, normalcy. You know. Have it's you ever a, wanted to teach? I mean, like you theater. I mean, now you've been on the big one of the biggest stages. Like, is that something you'd ever want to? You know what? Um, um, it's funny you say that because I did do my one man show at Bonaventure, and the way we did it was I had it. They have a theater program there now. Twelve kids, God love them, uh, just starting. <laughs> but I taught a stage comedy, you know, which are slaps and uh, spit takes and uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. And what was great, all twelve of the kids came, and I had to do it for two hours, and I actually ran out of time because the kids were willing to try anything, yeah. improv and all that kind of stuff. So I probably never thought about teaching, but they were really into Seriously, it. Seriously, like yeah. 35 years wealth of knowledge to pass along in entertainment. The, other, kind of, the other thing is... It's huge. This search should be at Helium. They have the same Absolutely. Acts. You ever looked into that search, getting on Helium? We got a couple of guys over there. Um Getting on helium. No, the helium <laughs> comedy. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I just oh, yeah, we, coming we from you guys. guys. I just like, too. what are they talking about? Is it some lingo that I'm not hip yeah, to? The yeah. Helium yeah. comedy club. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what? You gotta I'm, make your nut. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. That uh, I'm probably way past the days of uh, getting up on amateur night. Paying them to, you know. Oh, I'm not saying oh, that. Yeah. Saying no, I know, but yeah, uh, but yeah. this is what Helium does. They have open comedy nights oh, we've been that, there. that people yeah. have paid. And if you're chosen, you can get up and do your five minutes and stuff. Yeah. And just like acting, doing the uh, student films and all that, I'm way past that where sure. I, I probably need to do that, but I won't do it. And the, the whole reason I did the comedy magic, because I am afraid to get up just with the microphone. And that's like the one-man show 
even when I first did it, I had all my costumes hanging there, and people yeah. thought I was going to put them on and right. act out the different things. And now it literally, I finally have gotten to the point, it's just me sitting on a stool telling the story. So I'm getting braver and braver. But I don't know about stand-up comedy. That well, is real. I, I think, I think a three-night stay there, they, they would they would kill it there. We we know Evil Jim, you know. Evil maybe, Jim. Yeah. So maybe, I, hey, you did us a favor. We want to, That's okay. the way it works in this neighborhood. We got we another uh, lead, uh, a vice president of Shays, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I guess he's a timing boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did my show at Alleyway. Um, oh, mm-hmm. well, cut no, it no. Uh, uh, <laughs> Herbert. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. He, and he's uh, in theater there, and so um, because they wanted me for curtain up. Alleyway Theater. They have a little uh-huh. cabaret. And if you know Curtain Up, my show would be perfect for that. Absolutely. Perfect. Because there are many people who go that don't want serious theater. Mm-hmm. They're there for the party. And my show is like an hour and 10, hour 15. So they had a little cabaret, 80. And I keep mentioning Alleyway Theater because that's the lady who directed my show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I went to a class that uh, uh, somebody taught how to write a one-man show. And so I gave my idea about this. And she says, you really have a show there. And if you want to pursue it, I would help you. And it's, I thought I was going to get up and just tell stories. I had to write out every story. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how long every joke, every, oh, my gosh, it was such a discipline. And um, and I said, well, we can do this in a month. She said, let's do three months. And so she really helped me put it together. Her name is Joyce Stilson, and her and her husband run Alleyway Theater. So they wanted me to do uh, Curtain Up. And, of course, I'm doing a fair circus stuff. Ringmaster can't yeah. do it, but maybe that. So now I have this maybe lead on uh, – not Chase, not yet. Uh, Smith Theater is right next yeah, to it, cool. yeah. which I know is the Swiss Chalet. I mean, that's <laughs> come on. Really? Okay. And so, and and I went to see uh, Late Night Catechism there, which is a small show, a lady portraying a nun. Hilarious. Yeah. My show would work. I know it would. Absolutely. And 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 I need probably more than the South Buffalo crowd who have been very supportive. You know, 3,000 people have seen this show, yeah. you know, and only two asked for refunds. And uh, <laughs> and that was my sister and her husband. But um, uh, but anyway, I compliment now. Can't yeah. get a refund on the comp, we'll, you know. We'll, we'll definitely be there October 6th. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sell out fast, kids. Yeah, we're going to get there at noon, Marky, on, <laughs> on uh, the day after Labor Day, get I mean, some tickets. You got, yeah. you got the South Buffalo Irish Fest. Yes, another different. That would be the salami bologna show. I'm not putting on the swami costume with the uh, with the genie outfit and all that and the curled up <laughs> shoes. Uh, I save up the curl up shoes for candy cane. But uh, it's my silly magic act that I used to do in high school. It's the same thing, same jokes, new audience. Yeah. And uh, the Irish Fest, uh, what was the last big success I did over there was the Farmer's Market. Okay. Oh, yeah. Which uh, I tried to do a little social commentary that I saw one lady buy a tomato Another lady had a banana, but 90 people had donuts from Dukes. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's our farmer's that's our market. market. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got a much better reaction from you guys than I did at that because they just kind of – so I learned – They were shamed. Yeah. There's samples yeah. and – Fat boy, around. just do your tricks. Yeah. Okay, just do the magic, you know. So that's the audience. So I, I know with the Irish Fest, I probably won't comment on people drinking. I will just do my – I will just do my magic show for the kids. And, and again, it's um, – Adults laugh at the they catch yeah, well, the comedy the and yeah. the and the kids laugh at the silliness. So it's it's clowning, it's all that. But it's exactly what I do at Candy Cane uh, at uh, Christmas time out at the fair. If you've never been to the, have you ever seen that show? No, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Here's the deal on that: it's a Christmas festival 
that they decorate the entire fairgrounds with lights. So cars come through, and you drive the whole fairground seeing these lights, and then they bring you in, you park, and you come in and get your photo with Santa. So when they first pr- proposed this, it's in its 14th year. So I worked for the fair, and they were talking about doing this Christmas thing, and I could use work. So I said, oh, I could be the Santa, you know? So I'm sitting in <laughs> to meet the guy, and there's a guy with a real beard next to me, son of a... And I'm like, so in the waiting room, I'm like, all right, I got to come up with something, you know? So yes, John, yes, I propose, and I didn't have Candy Cane at the time, the name, with the Ks, yeah. you know, so clever, um, uh, from my stripping days. Um, but... Um, so I got in there and I said, a magic show, uh, free. And what do you mean? I said, well, I remember my dad so well. If we went to a lights festival and then he said, have your photo with Santa and hot chocolate, he knows that's going to cost money. We're, we're still driving. We ain't stopping. So I proposed that you give people a ticket to a free magic show. Yeah. Then they'd have to come in and you don't do the show right away. It opens at five, do it like 630. Yep. And there's all carnival rides in there and all kinds of vendor booths and all. It's grown. It's huge now. I highly recommend it. Even if you don't see my show, it's a wonderful Christmas tradition that has gotten bigger and better every year. And uh, there's so many things for the kids to do. And the Santa house is built by the same guy who does like fair at the scare, scare at the fair and the escape rooms and everything. So he goes from the horror of Halloween to building these beautiful enchanted. So the Santa house there is bigger than any mall attraction and people get to take pictures free. There's not a photographer there. So the fair does a lot of nice things. So then my show is free. Uh, Candy cane. It's the world's largest elf, but it's an elf with an attitude and it's Santa's working me too hard. Kids are greedy. You know, I'll even say to the kids as they're booing me, hey, you're supposed to be good this time of the year. <laughs> and then I get out my list. What's your name, kid? Yeah. And I mark it down. So it's just horrible uh, for these poor kids. We'll be promoting that. That yeah, sounds right. great. But the uh, adults really like it and all this kind of stuff. And um, when uh, I do some terrible magic and um, the poor kid helping me, the audience, no reaction. I said, look, don't take it personally. you got to understand audiences in South not South Buffalo, yeah. but Western New York, mm-hmm. 25 bucks a carload. They expect Houdini. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not your fault, kid, that we're bombing up here. You know, so I, so the kid and yeah. I are in cahoots of the audience <laughs> turning against us, you know, that kind of stuff. So, like, with magic, do, do you invent your own tricks? Is it, like, a, is it really, like, a guild of, like, people that, like... Do you know what there really is, and they take it very serious. Yeah. Um, when they die, they break a magic wand. I've been at the ceremonies. Really? really? Yeah. At my uh, funeral, we are sawing the casket in half. So, <laughs> so make sure you're there, you're for, there that. for that. So my cousin is a priest, and he thinks he's still going to be around when I die. But whatever. <laughs> he said, you know, it'll take too long with a saw. we got to do like a chainsaw, right? Yeah, whatever. Showbiz, effective, you know, that kind of thing. You remind me kind of like a Harry Anderson type of. Loved Harry Anderson. Yeah, Loved. And yeah. Yes, he, and he, he did take uh, magic to a different level. Yeah. He was huge on Saturday Night Live as yeah. comic magic. So, yeah, my magic would be about that. When people see my magic show and afterwards, they would say to me, well, you're a really good magician. Okay, you missed the whole point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if they, boy, that was funny. Oh, that was good. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Penn and Teller do that. They're mm-hmm. excellent magicians, but they expose tricks for the laugh and all yeah. this. Yeah. And you know that Penn and Teller's piano player, they have a piano player on stage. He's a time and graduate. This really? This great jazz pianist. I should know his name. He was a, uh, behind me in time. And John, he's a jazz pianist. And so he's on stage because you're allowed to go up on stage before the show to look at the illusions. Mm-hmm. You know, they're that good. 
And had I ever known, I'd go over and talk to this yeah, guy. You could add it in. So there's another connection of pen and teller. Wow. You know, and it's great because after the show, teller will talk because they're selling souvenirs, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like me at Disney on Ice. Talk, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. talk now. You want to hear me talk? Come on over. Come over yeah, 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 yeah. Great promotion that. guys, great sellers of the business, without a doubt. And, and and almost like kind of little a little circus act in there with Penn and Teller, somewhat. T- uh, not Teller, Penn. He's a clown college graduate. You, you oh. tell yes. Yeah. He went to clown college, goes to the reunions. And uh, the one time I really had a nice conversation with Penn Gillette was um, uh, we talked about fire eating because he's a fire eater. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know who taught me. And this Andy Brewski taught me, which is a famous name. Like, Penn was excited. You, you knew Andy Brewski? And I said, he took out his false teeth and put them on the stage to show me the fire tricks. So wow. and then and then when we're done, put them back in. So that that was that's real sideshow. That's yeah, real that. Yeah, oh yeah. All right, you got time for a Penn Gillette story? Yeah. yeah. I'm in New York, uh, at a diner, okay. And it was, and Penn was just on the apprentice. You know, mm-hmm. uh Penn Gillette does a lot of things separate from Teller. All right, so he was on the apprentice. So I am in my like winter parka coming from the Big Apple Circus. It's a snowstorm outside. And in New York, if you shop uh, you have your little uh, basket that you pull behind that you can get your uh, case of water and your your overexpensive groceries and all this yeah. kind of stuff enough. So I come in to a diner and Penn's sitting there with, a, I think it was his agent, and uh, and I walk by with my terrible looking parka s- s- covered in snow pulling my groceries behind me. And I said, oh, hey, Penn Gillette, hey, how are you? Uh, good. Yeah, I'm the uh, ringmaster with the Big Apple Circus. Of course you are. That's all he said to me. Of course you are. <laughs> and I learned that something, because everybody says, I'm a magician. Of oh, course yeah, you are. Yeah. Of course you are. Yeah. So he says, okay. So I sit down in the diner, and I look across at the mirror, and I look like a homeless person with this coat and, 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 and pulling my stuff behind me, my bottles, you know. I'm the ringmaster with the Big Apple Circus. Of course you are. Okay. So now I'm sitting there, and I realize, oh, you idiot. And stuff. But I hear him talking about, the show and the agent is saying, we got to, you know, let's cash in on this apprentice. We need to do this. We need to do this. Okay. So now he's trying to get his bill and the owner of the diner said, it's been taken care of. So then (laughs) Ped looks around. So I I take credit. I wave to him. (laughs) Okay. All set. (laughs) So I think he said, boy, that homeless guy bought our meal. That is so, (laughs) that is so nice. And I never let on. I just like, Hey, Good yeah. to see you. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. The other guy probably behind me. No, no, it was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was me. You know, but those are my little New York uh, <laughs> uh, stories and happenings and all this. And Dr. Joy Brown, who had a radio show, did you know her? Mm-hmm. Knew her before she died. Uh, uh, she passed away before she could give me advice on my life. You know, Dr. Joy, I'm a ringmaster, but I'm really trying to get legit. Hello. Are you there? <laughs> I don't think she passed away on the air, but almost, almost, it's Dr. Joy Brown. The greatest city on earth, the greatest show on earth, Mark. Oh, boy. And gone. Greatest show on earth is gone. All we have is The Greatest Showman, the movie the with Hugh Jackman. Over. I was telling you guys, P.T. Barnum did not look like Hugh Jackman. Look up P.T. Barnum. He looks more like Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Harvey. He, he does. All these connections. Yes. And computer-generated animals on that. So there it is. The Greatest Show on Earth is closed, and this movie is doing great business. And my family loved it. But would they pay to see me in the circus? I don't know. But and they you went. didn't. You didn't so much like that movie. Just I, I. You know, it was sad to me because uh, 
it's you, gone. Yeah, right. And they're celebrating the circus, but it's not there. You know, they're right. about to do Dumbo, uh, the cartoon, making a live action. All right. Disney movies are being made live action. Right. Well, here it'll be all computer generated elephants. It'll, yeah. it'll start in the circus where, where the story. Oh, takes, sure. Yeah. And then when they take the baby elephant away from the mother and uh, oh, yeah. cruel. Yeah. Oh, thank God those circuses are gone. Well, I've every- been with the circus folks. People treat their kids worse than we treated the animals. I'm telling you. Uh, they treated yeah. them well, huh? They did. I was in it 35 years. I often said, I wish we got treated as nice as the animals. These people own the animals. Generation after generation, they're part of the family. Yeah. You know? But in later life, I had uh, many uh, elephant trainers said, we're not teaching our kids to train elephants. They're not going to be around. You know? And look at the Buffalo Zoo is getting rid of its elephants, yeah. sending them to, you know, uh, to another zoo and stuff like that. It's just uh, there's no burlesque anymore. There's no vaudeville. There's yeah. no circus. I hope all, like everything, everything's coming back. Maybe right. that'll come back one day because we'll get reincarnated. Yeah. yeah, what's old is new again. Burlesque is yeah. back. You know that type of stuff. Absolutely. And the variety acts. You know, for a long time there were no sideshows. But have you ever watched TLC, the Learning oh, Channel? The they're ratings. separating Siamese twins. They got every you know deformed person on there. Yeah. Uh, and so that's today's modern day sideshow yeah. freak show. Yeah. And uh, and now America's Got Talent, the Gong Show. Those are all my circus buddies. Right. Every yeah, one of them is a circus yeah. act, and I love the four judges. I have never seen anything like that in my yeah, life. Where you been, a box? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so we're all getting a kick out of that, that uh, some of my, my show hey, friends. you're right. It is coming back a little a bit. A little bit. Just but, in a different form. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So that's, but... Uh, I don't think I could even make it on the Gong Show these you, days. You, you wouldn't. You would never be interested in going into one of those. Just being, or if say you met a little person, midget, whatever you want to say, wow. that had a, a, a tiger trick or something. You go, hey, Cirque, let's take this. You'll be the ringmaster. And we'll go on the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny you bring that up because I'd like to thank all the little people. Who, yeah. who got me to where I am today, <laughs> you know, and that kind of stuff. That's great. Uh, yeah. No, I've worked with many uh, little people, uh, absolutely. And, in fact, the last uh, munchkin who just passed away, he was the final munchkin. Yeah. 98 years old. You cannot say his life was cut short. <laughs> I mean, he really was 98, but I worked at the Erie County Fair with him. A girl who dressed as Dorothy would appear, and I knew Dorothy, and I got him the gig at the Erie County Fair. Wow, with, great. But he was on Seinfeld. Uh, Jerry uh, Meehan, his name was. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, he was on Seinfeld. I mean, he was a famous little person, you know. And um, so uh, I've known uh, many a little person, uh, without a doubt. You know? favorite, so. favorite clown? Uh, favorite clown. Uh, you know what? Uh, you won't even know him, Rob Torres, but he was on Big Apple with me, and um, he was a clown on Clyde Beatty Cole Brothers Circus. I went from Clyde Beatty Cole Brothers Circus to another mud show, we used to call him, uh, tent shows yeah. that set up in the mud. He went to Europe and became famous, so he's really well-known, uh, won the competition in Monte Carlo and stuff, and just recently died on a plane of a heart attack. Really? This great clown. There's no joke. There's no, I wish I had a, Yeah, you yeah know. I'll have to work on that with the plane. I know, but I was like, oh my God, this great clown. So um, I can steal his routines now. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's so what happens. should I go back into clowning, Reci- you know? Yeah, recycle. Uh, it's not stealing, you know, it's recycling. Yeah, I guess, I guess. I, <laughs> my you know. favorite, my favorite, favorite clown? clown's Homie the Clown. Homie, homie the Clown. Uh, yeah, what was his saying? Don't, homie don't play that. That's right. Homie yeah. don't play that. Okay. I'd go with Red Skeleton. I was always uh, a Red Skeleton yeah, guy. Right. I like the old variety shows of the sure. Dean Martin. There's the famous uh, Bozo one where a kid says, uh, uh, 
I don't know what kind of language you're allowed yeah, to Yeah, no, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. You're licensed. But anyway, it was a live broadcast. Of, Bozo was famous in Chicago, you know, and the kid did something wrong, a little kid. And Bozo says to him, that's a Bozo no-no. And the kid says, eat shit, clown. <laughs> <laughs> and those were live shows, so I think I, I liked that one. I, there was also a time I was uh, – in a bathroom, because we used to play malls all the time, the circus, and as opposed to using the uh, porta johns at the circus, you know, go over to Sears and use that, uh, John, you know. And so, but I probably should have taken my clown shoes off. So I'm in the stall, going to the bathroom, and the kid, hey, daddy, the clown. And the kids, and the father's like, just go to the bathroom, come on, let's get out of here, and stuff. What's the clown doing, dad? You know, <laughs> uh, going to the bathroom, come on, let's get out of here. And the kid just wouldn't let up, so I finally said, the clown is taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was another nice memory, I'm sure, for this well, child. Look, look how things work out. I mean, the circus is gone, and you yes. got to live, fulfill your dream of being in it, and it could have been gone before that. Should I have dreamed bigger? Should no. I have dreamed of something I don't think so. else? I mean, you it, know? the thing that got you in was something you wrote yourself. Yeah. So I'm imagining that, you know, this same thing. We'll something will come. Do you know what? I say that at the end of my play. It. Don't feel sorry for it. Don't worry about me. No, no. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're going mean, to work out. Some crazy this idea will great. come along Absolutely. and I'll probably do it. I you know, mean, I mean, the story's great. It does not bother me to try something so out there like this podcast. Right. <laughs> when I heard about this, I said, no, no, this, <laughs> this is wrong. But I've actually enjoyed myself. Oh, so. well, glad to have you here. Now we got to sell out those one man shows. Yep, yep. Okay. October 6th. So at that the I can pay my rent. On Ramona. Yeah. October 27th at St. Bernadette's. Oh, what a tour. A world tour. A world tour. The Knights and, and then St. Bernadette's. Where can I go Irish, from there? Irish Fest. The Irish, Irish Fest Festival. with the magic show. Oh, Where they have me in uh, something called Kid Zone. I said, I don't play the big stage? Yeah. Yeah. Kid zone. Oh well, people still don't understand. We're going to be at the Irish Festival. Yeah, we'll we'll stop by. We'll stop by and talk to you. We'll be backstage. So, um, oh, a backstage visit with the magician from the Kids Magic Show. (laughs) You guys are cashing in. We got him in before. Right. That's it. That's it. So Saturday, October sixth, eight p.m. Knights of Columbus. You could get right at the bar. Yep. You could get the tickets. St. Bernadette's Comedy Night with Sir Kane's hilarious one-man show, My Life in the Basement, Saturday, October 27th, 7 p.m. in the Parish Center. Only 100 tickets will be sold. This will go real quick, Mark. Yep. And uh, those tickets are sold at the uh, rectory office. Uh-huh. You know, no Ticketmaster involved with no. this. No, no, we can't go too big. Well, that, that. We, we had a blast clowning around with you oh uh, you know i don't hear that enough <laughs> wow that's why you got this show it's the yeah. originality yeah oh yeah yeah without but, a doubt uh sir not only is it the greatest show on earth but you're a great human being keep doing what you're doing and sir kane you are now licensed to talk Thanks oh for boy by. you know what i want the license to shut up <laughs> <laughs> the permission to shut up my family would love that well, thanks, thanks for coming by, My Mark. pleasure. I love it. And uh, thanks again, sir. My pleasure. Good right, luck, buddy. boys. Thank you. This has been Licensed to Talk. Follow us on Twitter at JCisL2T and Instagram, Licensed to Talk.